Hello, folks, and welcome to the Knickknack Podcast, Season 11, Episode 27, Parents, Disability, and Ability. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. Probably going to be a 40-minute episode, just because I've gone a little while without podcasting, got busy, got doing other things, but I'm going to catch you all up. And we'll cover it all. Grab your favorite beverage, grab your favorite tobacco product if you so indulge, and I'll be right back. Alright, welcome back. Uh, Lots to talk about. Let's start by... Uh, let's go off the psychology stuff. Um, I got to the point where I was collecting a lot of emotions for, uh, people that I was helping on seven cups of tea, and it was really affecting me. Um, and it got so bad that I, um, I had this three-week gap in my appointment, um, set up with my therapist and uh, this just kind of happened we didn't get on top of the scheduling uh, so we fell into a three-week gap I said nope gotta put a stop to that so I scheduled a last-minute appointment and got in to see him and he basically told me you know doing what I was doing on seven cups um, is a lot of things to take on all at once it's kind of like going from zero to sixty uh, in mental health, you know, from just reading a textbook and listening to uh, podcast lectures about abnormal psychology to suddenly, um, you know, you're a practicing active listener and you've, you know, you've gone from student to practitioner really, really quickly. Um, and he's emphasized that um, a lot of times, you know, when you are actually studying to get your master's or your PhD, and you start practicing, you're getting support. You're getting support from your instructors, you're getting support from your co-workers, um, and that support, while it is available on Seven Cups of Tea, they have mentors, and they have little uh, self-guided study material for the various conditions that people may have um, that doesn't uh, really provide you with enough training or enough guidance to... um, be a seasoned pro uh, right off the bat and add to it the fact that um, when you're interacting on seven cups of tea uh, it's just chat interaction you're not seeing facial expressions you're not hearing vocal inflections it's just uh, text chat that's all it is it's completely anonymous you don't know this person from Adam they could be anywhere in the world so it's a complicated thing that you're trying to do with um, with some training, but not a lot. Um, and like I said, it's going from zero to 60, uh, as far as going from being a student to a practitioner. Um, so he encouraged me to back off a little bit on that. I did that. Um, I think it's probably been a week since I've been on seven cups of tea. Um, I have, uh, some ongoing, uh, people that I'm supporting. Um, but I haven't taken on, uh, new conversations with people in a while. I did put in a request for a mentor, um, but I haven't taken on any new people in a while, um, just to give myself some mental space. Um, I had to fill that free time somehow, so I've gone back to flight sim, that's the unfortunate news. 
Um, again, in talking with my psychologist, uh, we've been tracking how many hours I spend on flight sim. Uh, and we noticed that there's a strong correlation between when I'll get an add-on um, and when I uh, and how much time I spend on the, the simulator. And we found that the time that I uh, spend on the simulator goes up uh, for about three weeks uh, when I buy a new add-on and then it then it tapers off again. So me continuing to buy add-ons for Flight Sim is just encouraging me to spend more time on an activity that essentially is about killing time. Um, and that is really not what I want to do. I want to uh, put my efforts into productive activities. So um, it behooves me to really work on my temptation management. Um, it is very tempting to go out there and buy an add-on. I started this month uh, quite determined to not buy an add-on. I think I lasted until the 12th before I caved and got scenery for Singapore. And naturally, when you buy scenery for Singapore, you got to fly from uh, you got to fly to Singapore. And my home base is San Francisco, so San Francisco to Singapore is one of the longest flights in the world—16 hours, I do believe, either 16 or 17 hours. And granted, there's rest breaks, um, so it ends up being like eight hours. Uh, of time that I'm spending in front of the computer, um, but of course 16 hours in the whole endeavor. Um, so uh, that made my hours shoot right up again. Um, I'm sitting around 22 this week. Um, I believe I hit 30 last week. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but it's definitely gone up in the time since I've gotten Singapore. So um, that feels like a lapse. I wouldn't call it a relapse because I'm not uh, spending 60 hours a week on it, but it's definitely a lapse, uh, and I'm definitely not happy about it. Um, I have studied a little bit about, about addiction. Um, I'm pretty unhappy with our understanding of addiction and the idea of 12-step programs and some of the standard treatments we have for addiction, but I do know for a fact that I am addicted to flight sim and I am determined to manage that addiction. Um, I don't think I'll ever be to the point where I completely stop flying uh, because I have a passion for aviation and I, I like it. It's something that I enjoy. Um, but uh, I do want to manage it and make it so that it is something that I spend a couple hours on a week and it's not something that takes over my life. Um, so that's my goal there. Um, and it's continuing struggle to keep it uh, manageable. So that's that. Um, lots of emotional baggage, uh, the seven cups of tea thing uh, put on me, and it was a very great relief to be able to talk to my therapist um, and to let some of that baggage go. You know, I really think that everybody should see a therapist, um, and I don't say this because I am wanting to study to become a therapist, um, and I want business in the future. I mean, that would certainly be nice to have a guaranteed job, basically. Um, but I do think that for everybody in their life, shit collects. Um, you know, things happen, and your emotions uh, don't always get processed. Um, one of the reasons that I try and stop and make a podcast at least every week, or at least that's my ambition, sometimes twice a week. Uh, lately it's been more, but I've taken a week break. 
Um, but one of the reasons I do that is so I can stop and uh, kind of clean out the gutters and process some of my emotions that I wouldn't otherwise be able to process because, uh, let's face it, it's really hard in this adult world to be able to get time together with a friend and really sit and talk at length about in-depth to in topics like this. Um, and I have this approach to where I treat friends like cheap psychologists, and that's not really the best approach. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it is helpful if you do have friends that you can really talk to, talk with uh, deep important things about, but it's not something that can be sustained, and it doesn't um, cater to a healthy relationship. So uh, that's why I think everybody should see a therapist on a weekly basis. Um, that's just my opinion. That's just based on my life experience, the interactions I've had with people, and the way life has treated me. Uh, I definitely have had a lot of therapists in my life. They have all had some sort of positive impact uh, one way or another, even if you know some of them were good, some of them were bad, some of them were mediocre, but they've all had some lasting impact on my life and I think most of those lasting impacts were positive things so again I would encourage everybody if they can to go see a therapist and you know in my ideal world if we had universal health care uh, everybody would be covered for seeing a therapist once a week if they wanted to um, but uh, that's me living in my hippy dippy ideal world which uh, obviously is lives in stark contrast to the current reality that I'm ignoring um, so, moving on, um, I, uh, contacted my dad, uh, early last week because it was his birthday and I just wanted to send him a happy birthday text. Uh, as, uh, those of you that have been listening for a while know, I don't get on with my dad. Uh, we have had a very challenged relationship, um, for the past 10 years or so. I, I think it's been about 10 years. Um, and, um, that sucks, and that, uh, is not a happy thing for me. Um, my sisters have challenged relationships with him as well. Um, my stepbrother, uh, doesn't have any relationship with him as far as I know, um, uh, because he can be a downright asshole. Um, but having said that, um, I thought it was, you know, courteous, at the very least, to wish him a happy birthday. And we got in, dragged into a text conversation, and he asked me out for lunch, and I said yes. Um, and I went into my therapist very, very worried that he was going to say um, some triggering things. And my therapist acknowledged the concerns about triggers, but he also mentioned hooks. Um, things that a person might say to intentionally or unintentionally get you to respond. Um, so... You might say something like, oh boy, I really think Trump's doing a good job. What do you think? Um, so therefore, like hooking you in, getting you to express an opinion. Um, and I was really worried that I would get hooked in and start going down a conversation tree that I didn't, didn't want to go down. And I was, you know, very uptight, very apprehensive about that. So I had to chat with my therapist about it. Um, didn't cancel the lunch. Um, I pretty much avoided eye contact the whole time, um, and the conversation was generally very light, 
Um, my dad's brother passed away, as I mentioned, my uncle passed away uh, about a month ago, I think. Um, so my dad talked about going to his funeral. He called it a celebration of life. That's a very optimistic spin on that. I really think it's a funeral, but whatever. Um, and uh, he also uh, had um, some relatives of mine. I don't know exactly how they're related or who the fuck they are, but uh, I shouldn't be so callous because uh, they died in an airplane accident recently. Uh, and my dad was really upset about that, which is understandable. Um, and I kind of explained to him, well, you know, it was a GA accident in the Bonanza 11 minutes after takeoff. Um, don't know the weather conditions, don't know, you know, obviously the state of the engine or the state of the aircraft. Um, I'll, you know, that's for investigators, obviously. Um, but I said, you know, most of the time, um, the investigators uh, in a GA accident are going to give it a quick cursory investigation um, and then they're going to let it be. Uh, it's only in, you know, generally only in uh, major airliner accidents where there's a full NTSB investigation. Um, so I explained that to him and at least gave him some information about the process, the information that I knew based on uh, a book that I've read and I can't remember the name of the book off the top of my head, but it's by an F FAA investigator uh, that worked several crashes, uh, including the, um, oh, now I can't remember her name, the Jessica something, uh, she was trying to, youngest kid to fly cross country, she wasn't technically doing it solo, but she had her instructor and her dad with her, and crashed shortly after takeoff, and he worked that accident. Um, and it, it was a really good book. It's on Audible, if I remember the name of it. Uh, I'll look it up and put it in the show notes, but it was a good book. Um, so I passed along some of my knowledge from that. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know how comforting or uncomforting that might have been, but uh, he was. it was pretty clear that he was down in the dumps, uh, you know, because obviously his brother died, uh, or maybe half-brother, I don't know exactly, different mother, same father. Um, so, you know, uh, his brother died, and then, uh, these other relatives, uh, died in this plane crash, and, you know, he seemed pretty stressed and pretty upset, um, and really kind of pitiful, uh, was the read that I got off of him, because, you know, he has this very, um, controlling, very dominant, uh, girlfriend, um, I call her my evil wannabe stepmother, um, and, you know, he basically mirrors her opinions, and, you know, when she says jump, he jumps, if she supports Trump, he supports Trump, uh, that sort of dynamic, um, and even when I'm out to lunch with him, and his girlfriend isn't there, he echoes a lot of things that the, his girlfriend says, and his opinion of me and my siblings, I think, is very much colored by her opinion. Um, and she doesn't have a very high opinion of me, so I'm not okay with that. Um, because I like to think that, you know, my dad and I have had one sort of relationship or another for almost 33 years, so you would think he would have his own unique uh, perspective on who I am and how I am and, you know, what made me who I am, etc. So... Um, 
I, I usually feel that his, uh, rela his relationship to me is poorly colored by uh, her relationship with me. So, um, I don't, I made it a goal to never see her again in my life, even if that means not going to the guy's funeral. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's challenging to have lunch with him. Uh, I just avoided eye contact. Uh, the place that we went um, got busy because it's near a local high school um, that served to uh, kind of stifle the conversation, which helped uh, for me anyway. Um, and uh, the conversation remained light. Um, we talked a lot about death, uh, just because it was so much on his brain. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, like I said, I avoided eye contact. We hugged towards the end. Um, and I think only one sore subject came up and, you know, something about the origin of life where we come, you know, it's like we started from dust and we end up at dust and something like that. And, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking in terms of the, um, Carl Sagan quote, you know, we're all coming from the dead stars. That's where the molecules come from that make up their, make up our body. Um, I wasn't thinking in terms of that. And I was thinking in terms of just strictly sperm and egg and, you know, um, science sort of stuff, direct science sort of stuff. Um, and I was like, you know, I don't think dust is sperm and an egg. I think that's, you know, different. And he's like, well, yeah, that, that depends. And, you know, I really wasn't considering uh, spiritual uh, perspectives or even the uh, larger scientific perspective. So that was about the only time things got minorly uncomfortable um, any more than me just trying to avoid any deep connection. Um, he brought up all these movies that he was excited to see, and I shot down every one of them, uh, mostly because I wasn't interested in any of them. Uh, I mentioned the fact that, you know, Star Wars, the new Star Wars movies are ruined for me because no Han Solo. Uh, spoiler alert, there's no more Han Solo. Um, just in case you missed that, didn't see that movie, been living under some sort of rock for the last three years or whatever it's been. Um, so, you know, I, I, my impression was he was trying to see if I was interested in seeing movies and I just shot down pretty much everyone he mentioned. So I wasn't, the, I wasn't throwing the guy any ropes. Um, you know, my feeling was to me, he came off as being very pitiful and kind of drowning in an ocean and, you know, he's kind of reaching out for a life preserver and, you know, my feeling is, you know, I, I felt like I helped him through his divorce with my mom. Uh, I spent a lot of time with him. Uh, I supported him. I supported him when he had his first motorcycle accident in 2009. Um, I was there for him by his bedside for a couple weeks. Came down from Seattle and interrupted my Seattle life to deal with that. I uh, ended up having a breakdown on my own and then moving back from Seattle to Chico, um, as a result of the breakup, or the breakdown, rather, um, and the breakup with my uh, girlfriend at the time, um, and spent some time with him thinking I was helping him out, but of course I was, you know, suffering myself, so I probably wasn't a real help to him, but I felt like I was helping him and trying to save him for, uh, a lack of a better term, and I thought I did. I thought I was able to, uh, help him 
come to a good place, but as soon as he got this girlfriend, um, he went back to the bad place again. Um, and it felt like he was trying to, you know, say, throw me a rope, I'm drowning here. And I was like, you know, I've thrown you a rope before. It backfired on me. I'm not going to throw you another one. Um, that may seem sort of cold, sort of callous, but um, that's really the point I've reached with him. It's like, I'm sorry, things are shitty. Um, that sucks, but I'm not going to throw you a rope. Um, that's just my personal boundary, and that's um, the limits of the relationship that I've defined. And I think that setting boundaries in relationships like that, particularly because of his girlfriend, are very important and very healthy. So, you know, um, I'm going to feel sad when he dies um, because I love him despite everything. Um, but um, I am okay with the boundaries that I've set. And uh, I think it's healthier for me to kind of keep him at arm's length. Uh, so that's where that ended up. Um, conversely, I um, had my disability information finally come in the mail. Um, and basically they said, well, the information you provided us was not sufficient. We need um, medical evaluation, a psychological evaluation and you need to fill out another form which is the same damn questions that i already got and then uh, a third party needs to fill out the form with the same damn questions i already got um so i had my mom fill out the uh third party form um and we were able to uh, spend some time together today and really uh this is the first time in a long time that we've had the chance to have a one-on-one -on -one conversations there hasn't been anybody else every time else we've gotten together recently there's been a lot of people around uh it's hard to have a really good one-on-one -on -one conversation so this was the first time in a long time um that we've had a really good one-on-one -on -one connection and a really good one-on-one -on -one, um uh, rapport and uh able to catch up and do all that sort of thing so it was it felt really good it felt really nice um, and I came home today just a couple hours ago feeling very positive and very good. Uh, not only because I got the, um, the adult self-assessment form done and the third-party adult self-assess, uh, third-party adult assessment form done, um, and mailed off. Um, I also felt good, uh, I felt good because of that, but I also felt good because I, I, I really was able to connect and visit with my mom. Um, and it's been a little while since we were able to do that, maybe two or three weeks or, or so. And, you know, there's some things with my mom uh, where there's certain topics that I we can't really visit. Um, I brought up my visit with my dad, which I really shouldn't have done because that tends to trigger her. Um, and I, I will try not to do that in the future. But nonetheless, uh, we had a very good dinner. Uh, at Celestino's, a very look good local pizza place, New York style pizza by the slice, very good. Uh, and she helped me by filling out the form, and we talked a lot, and we got to connect, um, and it just felt really damn good. And I love you, mom. And in your in a rather restrained way, I still love you, dad. So um, you know, even when you're in your thirties, uh, you can still have, you can have. Um, many sorts of relationships with your parents um you know my relationship with my dad is obviously very distant and very strained but my relationship with my mom i would say is very close and very loving and very caring 
Um, maybe not as close and loving and as caring as, you know, we would both like it to be. We both tend to get busy and we tend to uh, get distracted by other things. But um, it was really neat to see my mom and spend some time with my mom. So uh, that felt very good. Um, and the fact that the disability letter came in the mail um, is simultaneously a good thing and a bad thing. Um, it's a good thing in that it gives me some actionable items, some things that I can do and accomplish, um, instead of just, uh, sitting there and waiting like I was doing for, since June 21st, uh, more or less, um, and so that's good in that I have some actionable items, uh, it was frustrating in that I had to fill the same damn form out again the third time I've had to fill out, fill out that form, um, so that was frustrating. Um, but, uh, some good news is they have a psychological evaluation form, um, and it says MD or PhD, um, so it, PhD for psychologist, uh, MD for psychiatrist, um, and I do have a psychiatrist that I see regularly, uh, so if he has to fill that out, I'll feel okay, um, I'm going to call and ask if my uh, psychologist, who's an MFT, can figure that out, fill that out. Um, if he's the one that gets to fill that out, I'll feel even better. Um, and then I have to have uh, a, a physical evaluation for a doctor, a regular doctor. Um, and I'm worried about that because um, I think the line, the weight is going to be about like four weeks, four to six weeks, uh, before I can get in to see my regular doctor. Um, there is an option for, uh, for me to set up an appointment with them, uh, to see, a, uh, a doctor from them, and I think I may exercise that option because that might, in fact, be faster, and I'd rather have this process done sooner rather than later because it's hanging over my head and causing me stress, and, uh, I already have a lot of anxiety and stress, and I don't want to make it worse, you know. It's it's scary not knowing if your next check is going to come in the mail or not. Um, and I do feel, you know, my psychologist and I have been talking a lot lately. Um, and I feel like I've, I've turned a corner. I'm improving, but I still don't feel like I'm ready for a full-time job and the full-time, uh, you know, adult responsibilities. I'm just not quite there yet. Uh, I still have a lot of work to do. I'm making progress, but I, I even wrote down on the form, you know, I, I think I still have a lot of work to do before I'm fully ready to try the adult world again. Um, and I really hope uh, and ask the universe for support in uh, helping me to get that time that I need to uh, continue to improve and uh, get myself to really where I want to be. Um, and I know, you know, it's a... Even for quote unquote normal people unquote, um, you know, there's this constant struggle for um, homeostasis, um, homeostasis, and you know the balance of life. Um, and that's a constant struggle that none of us ever gets right um, all the time. But I, I think, I you know, I describe my life as living in a soap opera. You know. Things are either really extremely good or really extremely bad, and there's no in-between. Um, and I think, I think a lot of, quote, normal people, unquote, um, you know, they have ups and downs, but they aren't as dramatic as the ups and downs that I experience, which 
uh, on the upside makes me able to podcast and make any really interesting podcasts, I think. But on the downside, it can be hellish to look through. Um, so there's that. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, uh, a while ago, about six months ago, four, four to six months ago, uh, I was working with Carlene Pettit, um, who is uh, an airline pilot. Um, and she's uh, trying to get typerated on the 777, uh, which is a new aircraft for her. Um, and I mentioned, hey, uh, we got a really good 777 um, for a flight simulator um, that I really think you should try. I think you would, you know, find it interesting, uh, if not in the flight dynamics, but in some of the modeling of the systems and the overhead and... Uh, all the bells and whistles and programming the FMC and all that stuff. Um, so I got her set up with the simulator. It took quite a while, but I got her set up with the simulator, and she seemed pretty damn happy. So um, uh, I, I was felt really good about that, and I feel like, well, maybe, uh, maybe if I'm able to do that for other pilots uh, as a steady aid, uh, maybe that would be a good thing to maybe put a couple extra bucks in my pocket uh, as time goes on. So um, hopefully I'll get another opportunity to do that. Hopefully uh, Carlene has a good experience and can kind of, through word of mouth, recommend me to other people um, because that would be a good thing. And really that is the thing um, I feel like that I've accomplished. You know, I've helped, helped some people on seven cups of tea and that feels good. Um, but it felt really, really good to uh, get Carlene set up with Flight Simulator and the 777 from PMDG um, so that she can, um, you know, use that as a training aid, um, or study aid, rather, not training, because um, it's not used for real-world activities, but uh, for reference for passing a written test, I think that's okay. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, um, and hopefully lawyers won't come after me, so... Um, I said 40 minutes. I lied by about 10 minutes. Um, I think that pretty much covers what's going on in my life right now. I will, of course, keep you guys updated on the disability thing. Um, I will, uh, of course, keep anonymity, but if I, um, use seven cups again, uh, I will kind of generalize my experiences there. Um, I do recommend it, especially if you're um, going through some issues and need some support, 7cupsoftea.com or 7cups.com. Uh, either one works, I think. Um, I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Um, and then I'm also uh, doing um, this bipolar mentoring thing. Um, I'm still kind of waiting, but it's uh, Hope Exchange. And right now, this month, they are uh, doing uh, the 162nd... Um, 60 second test I think I don't know what it's called uh, but it's basically uh, you know you do a push up for one minute and make a one minute video sort of like the ice bucket challenge um, and that supports suicide awareness month uh, and right now this month the focus is on uh, helping LBT, LBT, LGBTQ plus uh, individuals with bipolar because they're at a significantly higher rate of suicide uh, than the general population and even the general uh, bipolar population. So that's been the focus uh, this month, and hopefully I'll get into training uh, maybe sometime in October, or at least that's my hope. Um, so that'll do it for this time. Till next time, stay safe, stay sane, happy railroading, happy landings. Bye. <laughs>